0: all this energy from. It isn't an elixir, pill, or anyone. Game over! Fueled by Temperance Spirits, Edmonton's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Order online for doorstep delivery. Oilers fans, this holiday season there is a lot to celebrate and Temperance Spirits has you covered curating the best non-alcoholic beverages to keep the party going into the new year as a small edmonton based business temperance is rooted in community and bringing people together available online enjoy fast local delivery to your doorstep in the greater edmonton area whether you're hosting this year's holiday party or looking for the perfect gift temperance spirits is your go-to source for celebrating without the buzz To make your holidays brighter, order your favorite non-elk drinks at www.temperance-spirits.com and score a festive 15% off with the discount code SDPN. This season, let the Temperance Spirits online store be your secret to scoring a merry and festive celebration. You can stay connected with them at, at Temperance Spirits on Instagram and Facebook. Whoo! Yo, 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 yo. What's shaking, everybody? Game over, Edmonton. We are back. The Christmas break is over. Hopefully, you all had a good time. Hopefully, you enjoyed your time with your, your loved ones, your friends, your family. It's your boy Avery here, holding things down at the controls here for SDPN as the Oilers knock up the sound these Sharks 5 0. They're coming in hot. They begin the California road trip, staying hot. A big game for Edmonton. Huge goals. And again, at all, 5-1-5 goals. No need for the power play tonight. Edmonton, look a well-oiled machine in a game that, obviously, they were, expect- they were expected to win and did win. A huge win for the Oilers as they continue their road trip playing in L.A. on Saturday night, and then ending 2023 with a game against Anaheim on New Year's Eve. What a fun showing. What a fun effort. And, of course, those of you all in the chat, here we got the regulars here in the SDPN chat on YouTube. Our our Laurelist1, MGD, how you doing? Good to see you back here again. Hopefully the break was good for you. It was good for all of us. It was good for myself. Dennis, Zach, and all of us here at SDPN. And hey, the Oilers tonight, they got things started immediately. Ryan McLeod scores first minute of the game. The sixth goal for the Oilers in the first minute of the game. leads get NHL in that category, and they've scored. Six goals in the first minute of a game. That's the most since 1991 to have six goals within the first minute of a game. A very cool stat. We're seeing how the starts are getting more cohesive now. It's what they need coming out on the right foot. And they are hot. They are flying against San Jose in this game. There was no sitting back. You saw the first and second lines pushing things against San Jose. The aggression was there. That's what Chuck, that's what Chuck Knobloch's boys need. Yes, we're going to call him Chuck. You know what I meant, Chris? His nickname is Chuck. So, yes, yeah, that is what Chuck's boys needed to get things going here. The team that, once again, is still looking to get back into a playoff spot in the NHL Western Conference. A great showing as McLeod got things going there with his um, with a goal. And, you know, again, Ryan McLeod is someone who I've liked. I've liked what he's done in the past little while. Before the break, I mentioned I liked Ryan's play over the past little bit here. I liked what he did against the Devils. I liked how he's played close to the net, finding chances, finding opportunities. And hey, those are the kind of guys who you want to see on your team finding ways to be a contributor, just doing anything, and they're rewarded going to the net. As McLeod gets his goal. Then Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman again. 20 goals in the year for Zach Hyman. Gets an assist from Connor McDavid, and surprise, surprise, Zach Hyman himself again. Another guy who goes to the net, gets aggressive, and hey, again, Maple Leafs Kyle Dubis. A lot of folks out in Edmonton are thanking Kyle Dubas and thanking Maple Leafs for parting with Zach Hyman because he has had, he stepped up in a, in a, a major way. Again, last year he had. 36 goals for Edmonton. This year, he's on pace to have a 51 goal campaign in Edmonton. He is having such a strong showing in an Edmonton jersey. He's becoming that cog again that can step up when you're not getting goals from McDavid or it's more of a slower night for a dry sidle. Even though he did score, even though Leon did score, Zach Hyman. Is becoming that third option to get your offense going among McDavid and Drysidel. And it's been fun to see. I know people talked about how that deal was going to look in years three, four, five. But you know what? If Zach Hyman is still doing this in years five and six of his deal with the Oilers, and hey, you know what? It's one of the better deals this team has ever made. And I will give credit to Ken Holland for bringing in Zach Hyman. If he can keep producing this way and stay healthy, he has been a key cog in Edmonton's forward core ever since he came to Edmonton. Really, ever since he came here. <laughs> yeah, good question, MGD. I don't see David here tonight. Uh, you know what? I don't see David from Toronto. Although, you know, you never, you never know. The, there's still time. He might pop up, you know. The show just began. There might be time for other ones to... Pop up and in and and get their comments in on Game Over Edmonton. You know, hey, we just started things. We just got things going here. So you you never know. You never know here on a on a Thursday night on a no snowfield Edmonton, Alberta. That was weird. Christmas no snow, bizarre. But you know what? Hey, I said before, I'm not a winter guy. So hey, I I didn't mind one bit. To me, it was okay. It was okay, and also you'll see the fresh suits, you'll see the you see you see the brand new jacket. Mm, that's right, coming in hot, coming in hot. <laughs> Anyways, I mentioned Zach Hyman, uh, sixteen goals in his last nineteen games, and how do you not have Zach Hyman going to Toronto to playing the All Star Game? How is Zach Hyman not a guy who's going to be in the All Star Game this year? I'll be blown away if he's not playing in Toronto. Come February 1st. I'll be very shocked by that. If he's not playing that game. And then again. That first period. Edmonton was far from done from scoring. Evan Bouchard gets in. Makes it a 3-0 game. And once again. Evan Bouchard has shown that yes. He is going to be an elite defenseman. On this Edmonton roster. For a very long time to come. And yes. Did Bouchard have his struggles earlier this year defensively? He certainly did. But you're seeing him work through it. You're seeing him get more aware defensively. You're seeing his shot develop from the blue line. All the concerns people had about M. Bouchard as a quarterback the D-man, as a guy who could lead Edmonton, those should all be gone. Those concerns should all be gone. M. Bouchard is probably going to be a finalist for the Norris come June in Vegas. Just see what M. Bouchard keeps on doing finding ways to get shots on net, becoming better in his own end of the ice, it's fun to see. So yes, Evan Bouchard, well done, sir. Another point for him, and you know what? Hey, I gotta admit, at first, I was a bit skeptical of seeing Paul Coffey behind the bench and wondering what Paul Coffey could do, but something is, he has unlocked. He's been able to tap in to helping truly Evan Bouchard, Darnell Nurse. Both those guys have thrived under Paul Coffey so far. In the in the past few uh, weeks here, with him now a part of the coaching staff. So well done to both guys, and seeing how Darnell and Evans play has stepped up even more. As Bouchard gets a gets that goal and on the assist to Ekholm and Connor Brown. Connor Brown got a point. Connor Brown still searching for that goal. Still searching for a goal. And you're seeing again Connor Brown trying to get shots on, trying to generate chances. But man, he needs that goal. I said it on the last show chances are good, chances are great. Not giving up is a great thing to see. You're not seeing Connor Brown get distir- discouraged, sorry. But after a while, you need to see Connor Brown score, you need to see him put some pucks in the net. We saw him. He was scratched for one game on the, on the road trip against against the uh, on the East Coast road trip. You're gonna need um, Brown to eventually score a goal here and there. It can't be a year in which we're talking game fifty, sixty, and Connor Brown still has not scored. That can't be the case. It really cannot be. So uh, we'll see. We'll see there. And uh, thank you, MG. Yes, good point. Again. The Oilers now have five players with over 30 points this season. The first NHL team to accomplish that feat. Edmonton is showing that right now, they are not a one-line team. Something that we've all been begging this team to evolve beyond for a very, very long time. You're seeing more assets stepping up, finding ways to contribute among the forward core and defensively. It's a beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful thing to see. Among these Edmonton Oilers team. So. It's what's going to get this team back into the playoff race. And it's going to be what this team needs. To go deep in the postseason. What they're going to need. It's what they're going to need. They're going to need that going forward. Even more so. But you know hey. That was a fun. Fun game to watch. A late game. Again you know hey. Edmonton San Jose. Always. Always a late affair for anybody watching, no matter where you are. And then, of course, Leon Drysidle makes a 4-0 game. Steps up, his 15th goal a year. Uh, assists from Warren Fogle. And again, that sequence in which Drysidle scores, you get a great forecheck from Ryan McLeod to generate the chance to generate Fogle getting that puck. To put that puck onto Drysidle's stick. All three guys, Ryan McLeod, Warren Fogle, Leon Drysidle. That sequence. Oh. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful stuff from all three guys on that line right there. That is what you need. The aggression in the San Jose zone. The dog determination. Even a 3 nothing, Not sitting back. Finding ways to make a 3-0 three, a three game a 4-0 game. That is what separates the good teams from the great teams. So... I gotta give a lot of praise again to Ryan McLeod for what he's done over the past few games here on the East Coast road trip and starting off their uh, California swing. Well deserved minutes among the top uh, units of the Orioles forward core. And in this game, too, we gotta give props again to Stuart Skinner. This is fourth Krush. Shout out. Stuart Skinner looks solid. You saw Skinner square to shooters. Skinner looked confident tonight, net. Stewart looked tall. He didn't look phased by anyone on San Jose, turned away, a lot of great chances by the Sharks. And now, this is what you like to see when Stuart Skinner is on. He is a solid net minder. But again, I don't want to see Stuart being burnt out. This is where it's so important for Ken Holland, now if the trade freeze is over, to go out and get a second goalie that can work in tandem with Stuart Skinner, not Jack Campbell. Another goaltender. Somebody else who a team is looking to get rid of. Somebody who, another NHL caliber goaltender. That is what you need to work in tandem right now with Stewart. Because you don't want to give, you, wanna, you don't want to run Stewart for 15, 20 games, and then again, you're back to square one, where Edmonton is struggling and losing five, six games in a row. There's got to be that way to get that balance achieved with Stewart Skinner. It has to happen. Like, that's got to be a way to figure that out. To find somebody to bring in Edmonton. Be it, be it Elvis Moslingas, be it Jake Allen, be it just somebody who can step into that crease for Edmonton. Because there are some teams with goaltenders who are not going far. There are teams not going far. Case in point, right now, San Jose. Mackenzie Blackwood's the name. (laughs) well, uh, there they're, they're are team struggling right now. Goaltending options in San Jose, Columbus, Montreal, that Kent Holland has to go out and figure it out to get some help for Stuart Skinner as the season goes forward. Ideally, we would all agree, ideally getting that second goaltender happens before the All-Star break. It would be nice to see that, to get that goaltender some reps before you go deep into into the final stretch here after the All Star break, because it's going to be some tough sliding for Edmonton come February, March, April. And they're going to need somebody else with Stewart looking fresh and looking strong for a playoff push and hopefully for a deep run in the postseason. So we'll see how that works out. And then, second period. Now, it was funny because that goal with. That goal that made it 5-0, for a while, we didn't really know who that goal was credited to. The puck rebounded in front at first. at first looked like it was going to be given credit to Zach Hyman. And then we saw NHL.com give that goal to Cody Ceci. <laughs> and then we saw that goal being credited to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Who wants it? Who wants this goal? Like... So, officially, that did go to uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins assisted by Cody Cece and Darnell Nurse, his ninth of the season. And again, Ryan Nugent Hopkins getting in front, getting in front, getting within 5 10 feet, getting into those danger areas to challenge a net minor, It's a big thing for the Oilers. It was a big thing for the Oilers. And there you go, they get a 5 Nothing win in, game in which this team looked confident, looked strong. And they didn't play down to a rookie, to a rookie that minor in net. They weren't goalied by a gold, by a goaltender who was fresh in the NHL. Edmonton actually made things very, very tough for, for San Jose. That was a thing. I was thinking this team, we've seen before, Magnus Crona, he came in tonight and in years past, we saw it before. A goalie like Magnus Crona would step up, have like a 44-save shutout win to beat the Orlers. Magnus Crona had a tough night tonight against the Orlers. He had a really, really rough game. And I mean, you look at right now, his save percentage after this game. Now, Crona, I feel bad for Magnus Crona because he's been in net for two games this year. As an NHL all-time. He was in net for the 10-2 loss to Pittsburgh. And now he's in his first career start. A 5-0 loss against the Oilers. So, the two games he's played. A 10-2 loss and a 5-0 loss. <laughs> the games he's played. Magnus Corona. His career goals against average. 9-5-0 with a... 724. oh, sorry, this is here. Yeah, this is here. 9-5-0 save, a goal against average, and a 7-2-4 save percentage. Yikes, that's, that's tough. That is tough in which your first two games of the NHL goaltender are against the Penguins and against the Oilers, and it's a rough outing in both of those games. Oh, boy. That is tough. That is tough if you're a young netminder. But hey, you know what? All seriousness though, I hope he back. I hope he finds confidence again. I hope this doesn't shake him too much to have a long and prosperous career in the National Hockey League. You know what? Hey, Mike Vernon. Mike Vernon's first game. I think Mike Vernon led like nine goals. And his goals against average was about a 13.33. His first career game ever. So hey, if Mike Vernon could overcome having a goals against average, of over 10 after his first NHL game, he can bounce back. <laughs> oh my goodness. But hey, again, a very, very complete game for the Oilers. a thing that Chris Knobloch has to be happy with what he saw tonight. This was a near, com- a, a, I want to say it was a near, it was a perfect game, but it was as close as you he could, you could get to a perfect game tonight. It was a game that you expect to see Edmonton play against teams that are just struggling hard like San Jose is right now. We saw the Sharks. We saw the Sharks um, earlier this year before the All-Star, before the um, holiday break, get some wins together. But now the Sharks are back to what we really expect them to be, a team that's going to be playing for a lottery pick uh, this year here in the chase for Macri and Labrini. So anyways, off to, off to LA now for the Oilers. Anyways, press conference time. Let's wrap things up here with some questions. So let's see what people are thinking. I see um, MGD's got a nice question here. All right, oh, question on our mod. Let's see, Oh, I'm trying to clear some emojis out of the way so I can read it properly. Uh, what do you think will happen when Holloway comes back? Good question. Really good question in terms of Dylan Holloway. We know he's on the road trip in California right now. There's no plans for him to play as of right now. He's not going to play in California. So I imagine MGD is going to play educated guess. Probably the game against Philadelphia back at home. they are going to try and put him in in that game on January 2nd against the Flyers. It's a good question because right now, I per, I'm personally gonna guess and think he might play in the third or fourth line, as it stands right now. And he, but he's always something. You know what though? The third and fourth line right now is much more skilled than what it was, a few, than what it was last year, and even just even before when this year began. Like I think Paul is gonna be played in that third or fourth third or fourth line role, maybe with a chance to move up. But the question is. Who sits or who gets shuffled around if Dylan Holloway comes back into the lineup? I know Sam Ghani didn't play. Sam Ghani's a little bit banged up. we got to see how things work out there. But it's a tough question right now because the bottom six have been clicking so much. What do you disrupt when Holloway comes back in? Now, granted, I think he does come in. You can't have Dylan Holloway sitting around doing nothing. He is a very solid Big body young Ford, you need playing in your top nine, some way, somehow. But it's a really tough question in terms of what Chris Knobloch does. I guess we're, I know we're probably going to ask Chris this question exactly when he's back at Edmonton, but it's fair to ask, you know. But I personally think maybe they're going to put him in the, in the fourth line role, moving up to the third line. But I don't see Dylan Holloway sitting for too long when he's healthy again which will probably be in time for the World game against the Flyers come January 2nd. But it's a good sign to see him skating again, traveling with the team, and now there's a, a somewhat clearer timeline. You can, you can see the finish line now for Dylan's return to the lineup. And it's a good thing that this injury, and I mean, it's bad that he was hurt in the first place, but it's good that Dylan Holloway has a timeline to come back relatively sooner, or not as, or not in say February, March, April, because he is someone who this team is going to need down the stretch in that top nine forward group for offense as a big as a big body presence among that forward group. Because again, I've spoken highly of Dylan Holloway many times on this show. Um, in other podcasts, on my uh, on in my articles for the hockey news, he is going to be a part of this team's future as one of those young forwards with guys like Ryan McLeod. So, yeah, no, I think third line MGD. New one here from MGD. You know, oh man, Anthony Duclair is someone who I've loved for a very long time. I've wa- I followed his career way back from when he was in- entering the league. Loved him in Florida with the Rangers, former 30 goal guy, and that is someone who if there's a way to bring him to Edmonton, again, we know with Edmonton against the cap, we know their cap straps. Everybody knows that. Everybody and their auntie and their uncle and their dog know the Oilers have 45 cents to their name. But if you can get creative and bring him in to be a left wing for, that left winger to play on an Edmonton top six. A guy who, again, has been a former thirty-goal guy. He's been a twenty-goal guy. He had thirty, he had thirty-one goals for Florida. He's had he's been a twenty-goal guy for the Senators. I know he's coming off his his injuries before, but a healthy Anthony Duclair as one of your top forwards is a great option to have on the wing, helping out guys like a Dryside, like a McDavid. So if you if I'm Ken Holland, I'm talking to Mike Greer. I'm looking at things and saying, hey, what do you want for Anthony Duclair? What works to bring Duclair north to Edmonton? Because that's the kind of guy you look hard. I think the at the trade, trade deadline, he's a great deadline deal move, MGD, I think, to bring in to help your playoff push. This is the kind of guy, this is a Sergei Samsonov kind of guy. You, When in terms of impact, in terms of someone who could be a playoff hero, this could potentially be... You're a Sergei Samsonov kind of guy to help you win a series with the offense he could produce. So I'm definitely I'm definitely eyeing um Anthony Ducler as a possible option. But yeah, the but I do I I do think if you're if you're Ted Holland, you can you cannot stay quiet. The time to strike is gonna be now, be it on forward help on the wing. Or getting a goaltender. Now, I'm defensively, I'm not as concerned defensively when it comes to Emton Now, I know um, in the past there was concerns about oh, get a D-man, get another D-man, get another D-man. But you're seeing again the strong play of Bouchard, Ekholm is getting back to what he was last year fully. You're seeing him fully pass the injury now. Vinny DeHartney has looked better. You see Vinny DRNA learn the league more and more. Brett Kulak is that steady presence on the blue line. And I'm less concerned about Edmonton 10 d than maybe some people might have been a few months ago or last year. So I don't see anything too eminent on the back end changing. I mean, I mean, if they do make a move, cool. But I don't think it's the biggest for right now the d, um, the d right now is the biggest concern because it's clear that the impact of Paul Coffey has helped Edmonton defensively it's clear that he's found ways to understand what guys like Bouchard, Nurse, Eklund, Barry even Cody C seem to do better so and hey and sometimes the team a certain uh, sometimes it takes a new set of eyes to understand what a guy is doing. And sometimes certain players need a new voice to help them understand certain concepts, how to improve, what to do, and hey, again, full credit. If Paul Coffey's found a way to, to do that and found ways to unlock or help, uh, or help tell guys like Bouchard and Nurse what they're doing wrong and what they're doing great and how to get better, I mean, we've heard before. Coffey's talked about these guys not being, not sitting back as much, getting involved in the play, jumping up, things that if anybody knows how to get involved in the play as a defenseman, it's Paul Coffey. So, and you're seeing that impact right now in terms of d man getting more active, and not sitting back as much, and being more involved in the play. So, credit to him where it's due, and you know he's another guy who I think I should I should talk to a little bit more in terms of how. How they can help out, or how he's helping helping out the blue line. So, on my end, less concerned about that aspect. But yeah, I, I w- I'm down for for his team to bring in, bring in Anthony Duclair, see what you can do for that. Bring in a, another goaltender. If you, if we're sitting here at the at a trade deadline day, if we're sitting here, deadline day, we're doing our NHL SDPN deadline day show, and the Oilers announced they've acquired. Anthony Duclair and Elvis Merlinkis, I think you're in a good spot. I think you're in a really good spot as a franchise right there, going for a deep playoff run. I truly think you are. Now I know, I know the hope. The hope would be to bring in UC Saros, but I I don't see it happening. I really don't. Not with the Orl, not with Nashville battling for a wild card spot themselves. If the Predators were close to where San Jose was, probably sure that could be an option. But now, nah. Nashville wants to make it themselves. Nashville is trying to get in themselves. Nashville wants to be competitive right now. They're right there with Arizona in the wild card. They're right there in the wild card race. So no, I. Don't see a trade for what's happening. I really don't. But no, but all in all tonight, Edmonton had a very, very good game after finishing up the East Coast road trip. They're off to L.A., playing L.A. on Saturday night. And for Edmonton now, again, getting points against teams in their own division, huge. Especially now, against, team, against L.A., a team you're trying to track down. In the division... Two points has to be the call. You cannot split points against the LA Kings. You can't do it. Same goes for against Anaheim. Same goes for Anaheim right now. San Jose, it is what it is. The Sharks aren't as good right now. But LA-Anaheim, those are the games you got to find a way. You have to get four points in this road trip here. Wrap things up. A 3-0 road trip to end 2023, you go in. You're feeling really good about where you sit, I think, when you play Philadelphia to start 2024 on January 2nd. Anyways, I'm Avery. We are out of here for game over at Edmonton. I am back again on Saturday night. I'll be here talking to you after the World Kings game. So, hey, if you're out on Saturday night, if you're out on Saturday at the club, at the bar, at dinner, you know, hey, pull your phone out. And tell your friends, hey, I'm watching Avery on game over Edmonton. And then to end the year, Dennis will be hosting the New Year's Eve game when Edmonton takes on Anaheim to wrap up the year. Anyways, I'm Avery. Like always, like, subscribe, and comment to the SDPN page. Support everybody. We all love making content for you here all across the country here on the there on, on the various game over shows have a good night we'll talk to y'all on Saturday peace game!